Hey everyone, it's Jermaine Dyson with Movie Karma, and welcome to Rewriting Hollywood, where we talk about diversity, inclusion, and social impact in Hollywood. Today we speak with cinematographer Johnny Durango, who recently worked on the Mel Gibson holiday thriller, Fat Man. So, sit back, relax, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, so Johnny, welcome to, the, welcome to the conversation today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so to start off, uh, Johnny, I want to get a sense of your background. You know, this is something we we really believe in is just helping inspire younger uh, artists, cinematographers, screenwriters, filmmakers. Um, so could you just share a little bit for our audience in terms of how you've gotten to cinematography and if, if there was an artist or a piece of art that really inspired you? Sure. Yeah, I have kind of a unique path because growing up, I was always I was just in love with cinema, the experience of going to the movies, you know, and it would happen not that often. It was, it was always around the holidays when, when family would come visit and my parents would take me to see a movie around Thanksgiving or Christmas. And just, there was something magical about it, you know? And for me, cinema is incredible because it's an escape. I grew up in a tiny town of like 10,000 people in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And it was my way to see other parts of the world, to see how other people live, just, just to step out of my daily life and escape. And so I, I really always appreciated that. And growing up in a town of 10,000 people in the middle of Illinois, I never thought of filmmaking as something that I could do. So I thought that I had to pick a career that was more, you know, by the numbers or whatever. And I always really enjoyed action movies and like police procedurals, like Homicide Life on the Street was my favorite TV show. So I was like, oh, I must want to be an FBI agent or a U.S. Marshal or something like that. So when I was trying to decide on a career, that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to go into law enforcement. And as I began to talk to my parents about it, they're like, is, is there anything else that you like? Are you, is there anything else that you're interested in? Because they, they feared for my safety and, and God bless yeah. them for that. Because it opened a door where I was like, well, filmmaking would be really interesting. Now, I think if I'd spent my entire life going, I want to be a filmmaker, mom and dad, I want to be a filmmaker. They'd be like, ah, maybe you should get a real job. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into law enforcement. They're like, maybe there's something else you enjoy. And so I started to look into filmmaking and I thought I wanted to be a director. So I, I enrolled in a community college, to get some of my gen eds out of the way. And then the following year I went to Columbia college in Chicago and I was going to enroll in all directing classes. Cause I thought that's what I wanted to do. You know, I, I had seen not long before the usual suspects and that movie really inspired me because I was like, hmm. the way that a filmmaker can, completely manipulate an audience and control mm -hmm. your mind and have you thinking one thing and then at the end it's like completely different i realized the power that that cinema had and so i was like okay yeah i think i want to direct and then i got to film school and in my very first semester where i was actually hands-on with a camera i met a man by the name of ron pitts and ron pitts became my mentor ron pitts was just an incredible human being he was probably in his mid to late 60s when i met him but he was Chicago's first black filmmaker. He was there at the 68th Democratic National Convention. He was clubbed, you know, passed off a camera. He was in Selma, Alabama on Bloody Sunday on the bridge. There's an amazing photo of him in the museum there in Selma, Alabama of uh, a tear gas canister going off. And he's on the bridge with a Bolex. And he just, he was in all these amazing places at these amazing times. Hmm. And he really taught me, you can have the same impact that a director has in telling a story, but doing it with the visuals. Hmm. And, and I just got so excited at, about the idea of, you know, 
the power of placing a camera somewhere or lighting something a certain way. And it really changed the way that I looked at movies. I had never looked at movies in a visual sense. It was storytelling to me. And then I realized how many layers there are, you know, from production design to lensing to, you know, costume. It's, it's all these things that just make up a film. And so it, it just opened my mind to something new. And I was just so inspired by Ron that, you know, I was like, I want to be like that guy. And he sort of took me under his wing and he's like, I want you to be like me. He's like, you're going to be big time, That's you know? Awesome. And so he just wow. sort of inspired me. And so if you, if you ask me, like, I see where, where do you draw inspiration from? I always come back to him. You know, he was a guy who, he told me a story when he was a child, his brother on the way to school was beat up by several men, like men. So from that point forward, his mom would walk them to school with a butcher's knife just swinging it back and forth just to get their kids to school. Right. You know? And so that's always stuck with me, you know? And, and I, when, when you look at diversity inclusion and stuff, it, if you truly aspire to do something great and you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you know, you, you don't always have the same opportunities, but I really truly believe that those people who are driven and talented will, will get there. And I think Ron was a testament to that. Yeah, that's really amazing that he was the one who kind of shifted your your own perspective and what you could be in your life. Was did that did his story and the types of events as you said he was at Selma on all these pivotal civil rights moments. I know the trial of Chicago 7 just came out about the 1968 convention yeah. or guy convention. Did did that did that open your mind to also like the ways in which uh, cinema can be used as a force for good in the world and a force for social justice? A hundred percent. But like I said, so my path in this cinema was because I, in my own life, you know, when I was going through trials, tribulations, things, you know, I, I have a father who, who is like rules with an iron fist. There was not a whole lot of choice in my household. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and I was a rule follower. So I, mm. I listened to my dad. So my escape was, I would go to the video store and I would find something that played in a festival like Sundance or Slamdance, something that I would have never been able to see in my little town. And I would rent it. I would go hole up in my my bedroom and watch these things. So it was my escape. So I, I find cinema so powerful because, as you said, you can use it for social change. You can use it for escape. Just for me, in my personal career, I haven't done a whole lot in that social change thing. But I feel like when you're when you're putting out movies representing different groups and def, different demographics, somebody's going to latch on. It's going to inspire somebody, and it's going to help them escape from whatever they're dealing with. And that's that's why I love film, right? And uh, I mean, I think you, like you're saying, a story well told can can whether or not it's about a specific social issue can have a really positive impact in someone's life. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm curious to hear more about about that in terms of the the choices you you've been able to make in your career and the types of products you've worked on. Before we get to Fat Man, which we're really interested to hear about, sure. but you've had I think about 20 years in uh, of being a cinematographer now. Could you give us some maybe some highlights of experiences on set, directors you work with or products you worked on that were just so fulfilling or so rewarding and meaningful to you? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Small Town Crime, which is a film I did a couple movies ago. And it, it was one where I felt like I get to make a big leap forward as an artist. I, I got to really craft the images in the way that I had envisioned them, which is not always the case because mm -hmm. when you're starting out your career and you're doing lower budget indies and you're doing stuff, a lot of times it's survival, but it's, it's making the most beautiful images you can. When you get a little more time and a little more budget, 
which it's never enough time and never enough budget as right. anybody who shoots knows, but you can sort of dig into what you're envisioning in your mind and, and sort of translate it. And then you can really sort of get into fat man's an interesting one. And I'll get into that, but you can really get into the headspace, the characters and drive your visuals based on characters, which is not a luxury I've always had, but it started, I think with small town crime and telling that story through the lensing and through the lighting to really show internally what characters are going through. So that one was a step forward for me and, and a really enjoyable experience. Not to mention, I think it's a hell of a movie. It's it's one of my favorite films that I've ever done. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I saw it in your, your, your kind of portfolio. Do you think that it was that type of experience for you for specific reasons? Was it was it the director? Was it, was it you know, the, the location? Was it the story? Was it all the above? So all, yeah, absolutely yeah. all above. It, yeah. it's, that one was also with the Nelms brothers who we're about to do our fifth movie together. So we have a great collaboration. That was movie three together. And when you work with somebody that closely, you start to get a shorthand and you start to really trust each other and you start to be able to do things that you wouldn't maybe be able to do with a director that you're working with for the first time. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I saw that you've collaborated with the Nomus Brothers a bunch of times, as you said. Is that something that you would, I don't, I don't know if recommend is the word, it's not, it's not always easy to find that collaboration, that synergy intentionally, but right. is that something that you think has really elevated your career and, and kind of brought your work and your art to a new level? Without question. I, I think there's those very special relationships that if you're lucky enough to have one or two in your career, you know, they really, they move things forward. And those guys are two filmmakers that I met I, I was shooting building safety videos and Esham, who's one of the brothers, was gripping for me on them. That's how I met yeah, him. That's so he, he was getting me coffee and setting up lights for me. And, you know, 15 years later, we're shooting big movies together and he's the director and I'm the DP. And so that's, that's really, it's, it's fun. But there was something I saw in them that I believed in. And they were trying to put together back in 2010 their first larger movie which when I say larger, we're still talking under a half million dollars, you know, probably right. close to a quarter million dollars. But I, I went out and raised uh, a good portion of that budget for them because I believed in them. And I'd only done uh, one short film with them, but there was something I saw in them that I hadn't seen in almost any other filmmakers that I worked with. And I was like, I, I got to help these guys get this movie made because I wow. truly believe in them. And it's just continued every step. Each movie has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And each movie has gotten us the next movie which has been, wow. it's really rewarding to see how that's worked. It, it, and you also touched on something interesting there too, John, in terms of, I mean, you, I imagine you were, you were kind and you like, you were, you were giving up your time and, and your patience when you were working with them when they were not a big, you know, big deal, so to speak. Like, is that, is that something you've tried to foster in your work where, you know, you may never know, you know, who's going to be going up, who's going to be going down as you. Right. Forward. Yeah. And, and I, I absolutely feel that way. And I've always felt that way. And I get into, not arguments, but discussions with other filmmakers sometimes, I will still occasionally go out and shoot something for free if I believe in someone. You know, mm. it's not always about the paycheck. It's very rarely for me about the paycheck. It's about working with artists who I believe in. Like mm. there's another young filmmaker, young filmmaker, but there's a, there's another filmmaker, not necessarily a young filmmaker, but a filmmaker who I really respect by the name of Kim Noonan. Mm. And Kim is doing some really interesting stuff, character work. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, he's on the same level. You know, so it's, it's those kind of relationships that you foster because you genuinely believe in the people. 
Yeah, it's cool you mentioned that because one of the things we see we see a lot as we work with underrepresented filmmakers and filmmakers who are doing social impact content is the lack of access to, to resources, to talent. And I know as a, as a writer-director, I mean, working with a cinematographer who's at a different caliber can be so like transformative. Uh, I just had a chance to work with Miguel Litton-Menz who um, he did, you know, Resistance with Jesse Eisenberg and... Um, and so on with Robert De Niro and all these amazing films. And I just, just that experience was so transformative for me as an artist. And I imagine you see that when you work with younger filmmakers. Well, I feel like it's my job to help guide those filmmakers that are maybe not in that position yet, especially mm. if you see something in someone that's, that's tremendous, you know? And with the Nelms brothers, we were sort of running parallel. We were at about the same level at the same time. So we really genuinely came up together, which is also cool because you you learn together, you know? So you take yeah. those steps. You make the mistakes together. You you fight the battles together. You get the victories together. That's kind of cool. You know, with, with other filmmakers then, you, I always try to push them to be the best they can, but never overstep because i i truly believe i see this too often with directors of photography they come in they're set in their way even other crew members they're set in their way and they're like no we're doing it like this this is what we're going to do yeah it's my job to deliver what their vision is i will i will suggest but i will never overpower a director no matter what level because like like i saw with the nelms brothers and with kim noonan they they have a very specific vision and if i overpower that vision they're never going to tell the story that they want to tell yeah, it's it's really true. I I, th I think that's the, the, when you find that collaboration with a DP, it's it's transformative. You know, where it's like the director has the vision in their head, and the DP has like the technical expertise and ability right. to kind of translate that and bring their own. Yeah, and hopefully that DP brings something to that vision. You know, a way to, mm -hmm. you know, show what those characters are thinking, or you know, you you got to latch on to those little things to help tell the story visually. It's it's not just there to make pretty pictures. You know. I love making pretty pictures, but if it doesn't serve the story, it doesn't really matter. Uh, let's talk about Fat Man. This is, I mean, it sounds like such a, to me at least, a, a fun film, something that we really need in these times of, of isolation and despair. Um, could you just talk about how that project came to you? Because I'm always curious sort of how that happens. And then what it was like shooting. On the, on yeah, so the you know, I'm I'm just gonna read the description of what Batman is, so the audience knows. Yeah, let's let's tell us about it, and then and then we'll jump yeah. into it. All right, so Batman uh, opens in select theaters on November 13th and VOD on November 17th. The trailer for the film is available online. You can find it on YouTube or my website. Uh, the story follows Chris Kringle, Mel Gibson, aka Santa Claus, and Ruth Kringle, Marianne Jean Baptiste. As, as he attempts to save his declining business, but ultimately is forced into a partnership with the United States military. Making matters worse, after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking, 12-year-old Billy Weenan, Chance Hurstfield, hires the hitman known as Skinny Man, Walton Goggins, to kill Santa Claus. Kringle is locked into a deadly battle of wits against Skinny Man till the very, very end. Tis the season for Fat Man to get even in this dark, comedic action film that keeps on giving. So basically it's about a 12 year old kid who gets a lump of coal in a stocking and then hires a hitman to kill Santa Claus. Nice. That's, that's, that's all we need to know pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> to to want to watch what's going to go down in this film. Um, what, tell us more just about, you know, working on set. Um, I understand you had a chance to work with obviously the Nels brothers again, but also Mel Gibson. How, what was that experience like? Well, it was, it was kind of interesting because this is a film that's been gestating for years. I think they wrote the script 10 years ago. 
And it was one of the ones where I said, I'm, I'm in it with you guys till we make this movie, you know, because it, it was such a great, crazy script. I mean, the concept is it's, it's high concept and it's interesting and it's dark and it's funny and there's action. And so, yeah, it was, it was a script that I was all in on. And with this one, I, in, if you're okay with me getting into a little bit of the visual. And a little bit of the Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a character in this young boy who is basically the devil and the angel on his shoulder. He's got the hitman who he hires to kill Santa Claus and Santa Claus. And as I'm reading the script, I realized it's sort of about the poles in the direction that this kid could go. So hmm. I, I started asking myself, you know, how do I visually tie him to each character in a way that's not overt? But when you go back and you revisit the film, you sort of see these, these undertones of, of how I've tied them together. So early on, I, I came up with an idea that I would light the boy the same way I lit Mel with a soft wrapping, beautiful, more classic light, you know, just pretty. And then I would lens him the same way that I lensed Skinny Man. So I would pull the camera back, use longer lenses, feel a little more disconnected from him. When I shot Mel, I would put the camera closer. We shot large format so I could get those beautiful portraiture close-ups and still have the background. Mm. So I wanted to tie them together through lensing and lighting. So lens the same way Hitman is, lit the same way Mel is. And then I went one step beyond that. Originally, I had intended to shoot the half the movie in uh, anamorphic and half of it in large format. I was going to shoot the boy and the hitman anamorphic and i was going to shoot mel lf some problems happened some some stuff didn't work out and i ended up having to shoot large format the entire time so what i did was i pulled out a streak filter and i put the streak filter on walton Mm -hmm. when i shot walton so if you watch the movie there's these little tiny anamorphic horizontal streaks just in the background they're very discreet at times but they're always with walton they're never never with the kid they're never with mel until later on in the movie when Walton comes into Mel's world, then the streaks come with him and they start to appear in an environment that you've never seen them. So it was my way of, of showing things that were happening that tied to the characters that I felt strengthened the story. Yeah, and that's, that's something I think a lot of folks maybe who are not everyday in filmmaking may not know, right? Just how, how lighting and camera positioning and type of camera you're using and the type of lens you're using can have can have a big impact. I know we just shot an Alexa mini anamorphic for a sci-fi piece that we did. And it just created an entire new, obviously visual language and style that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. With this particular project, do you think that the timing of its release, I mean, I know you said it's coming out, it's coming out pretty soon, a couple weeks. Um, Do you think people will respond to it a particular way because of what we've all gone through the pandemic or, and I know it's also just, it's a holiday season, you know, type project, but I'm just curious if you think the timing of its release is particularly meaningful to audiences. Well, I, I, I think like I was saying earlier, it's it's a piece of escapism. And in this year when we've all dealt with a lot of hard things, I think it's fun just to shut your brain off and watch a dark action comedy thriller, you know, about something that's just, it's out there. You know, I, I think I've watched a ton of the trailer reaction videos on YouTube and just to watch people when they realize who Mel is. <laughs> It just, it's, it's incredible, you know, and I, I've seen so many people say, this is the movie we need right now in 2020. And <laughs> I agree. I think it's, I think it's a great thing to just watch and enjoy. 
yeah, just sit back and not have to overthink or worry about yeah. something yeah. For, for an hour. Um, what was it like working with Mel Gibson? I understand you, you had a really positive experience. I'd just love to hear about that. I, He's obviously been around I for did. such a long and, time. Yeah, with, with anybody else, like with anyone else, you never know going in with an actor what you're going to get. But he was... For me, it was a little intimidating knowing that he's an Academy Award winning director and he probably knows my job just as well as I do. I mean, he's been at it for five years or something like that. And he's interesting in the fact that he didn't leave set a whole lot. Like he was with us out in the cold, (laughs) in the snow, you know, he always had like one eye on what was going on. And (laughs) it's really cool to see someone of that level and that caliber who's won an Academy Award for being at the top of their game and directing and nominated a second time. And, uh, you know, to see him ultimately happy with my work, you know, I've, I've received some very kind words from him since the movie has finished. Awesome. So yeah, it was, it was great, but he was, he was kind to everybody, ate lunch with us every day. Just, he was there for the project. I can imagine you'd be second guessing yourself and, you know, did you, did you feel that sense of nerves or did you feel like he just put it at ease pretty quickly? Uh, it went at ease pretty quick. You know, yeah. the first few days I was like, I mean, with this, you know, in my perfect world, we would have built up and not jumped into the meat right off the bat. But day one, we had two big uh, dialogue scenes with Mel. So it was just like, I'm, I was in the fire right off the bat and we we swam, we didn't sink. So that that's was awesome. I'm excited to see it. And I'm, I hope everyone watch it. And I understand it's a VOD, so folks can folks can check it out in their own on their leisure when it comes out. In, in November 17th on VOD. Um, what, what else are you working on? I'm curious if, you know, the pandemic has, I imagine it's affected you in terms of what you can shoot, what you can make. Uh, curious if there's something else coming down the pipe that, that you should know about or that you're working on. So I'm, I'm beginning, I'm in early stages of prep on my next feature. Uh, it'll, it'll be a, another Nelms Brothers movie, which is cool. exciting. And uh, I can't say too much about it, but I, I should be, you know, on location in the next couple of weeks. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's pretty, pretty yeah. quick turnaround for yeah, what's, it's, what's it's happening. Been a, it's been, aside from that, it's been a slow year. I mean, just with all the protocols and, you know, studios not wanting to take any risks and every, trying to keep everybody safe. You know, I came, we, it was a blessing because we finished Batman on November, not November, uh, March 14th. And by March yeah. 8th, they closed, closed the U.S.-Canada border. Wow. So you were, you were essentially in editing, at least you could do post-production during that time. Yeah, they were able to do all that during, you know, to hit their, their November deadline. Yeah, that's, that's actually fortunate timing, to say the least. Uh, Lastly, John, I was going to ask you, you know, we, we always like to leave some parting words of encouragement for um, our audience who are filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers or writers. Uh, I'm curious just, you know, if there's anything else you would add in terms of particularly in light of the pandemic, we know a lot of people have been, you know, lost, lost work, can't, can't shoot anything, uh, maybe feel creatively uh, discouraged. I know, I know I've, I've been there. So what would be, you know, any words of wisdom or inspiration you could share as we hopefully move out of this pandemic and, and, and get creating again? Yeah. So what I think is really interesting is we live in a time where everybody has a camera. You pick up your phone, you have a high quality camera. You know, uh, if I look back 25 years ago when I was starting out, it, it was hard to get a camera. You were either shooting on film or you're shooting on really bad video. And so making content was a struggle. Now the doors are open for anybody who has a vision and an idea. You can pick up your phone and you can shoot something and you have YouTube. You can put it up. You can get it out to an audience. 
So I think just keep creating, you know, no matter how big or how little the scale, it's just about doing it and doing it and doing it again. And when I was in college, that was one thing that I really pushed for. I went to every single director who was shooting a project, every single classmate who wanted to be a director and was in a cinematography class. And I was like, hey, I'll shoot your, I'll shoot your film for you if you want to just direct. And so when I came out of school, I had shot over 16, 16 millimeter shorts, you know? Mm. So I think the most important thing as an artist is just, just to do it, you know? Not everything's going to be a home run, but you hone your craft, you hone your skill, you just keep going. And I don't think there's anything more fun than seeing something you've done come to light and see other people react to it. When, when the Fat Man trailer dropped a couple of weeks ago, there was nothing more exciting just to watch thousands and thousands and thousands of people react to it. And, and mostly positively. You know, there's a, there's a rush in seeing people respond to your work. And so just keep creating is what I would say. Yeah, I would second that and don't, don't, not, not to give up, right? And just, it's such a, as you said, it's a craft. It's something you have to continue to practice. So I love that. And it's hard uh, work. I think, I think a lot of people yeah. come in with visions of it, you know, being glamorous. And it's very infrequently glamorous, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah I can imagine. work hard and, and want it. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sure you've done your share of 12, 14 hour longer days uh, over the years. Absolutely. So, uh, well, thanks so much, Johnny, for taking the time to chat with us. I hope everyone goes to check out Fat Man. It's coming out really soon. Uh, and, you know, we're looking to see what you do next with your next collaboration. It sounds, sounds really exciting. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed that conversation between our founder, Jared Milrad, and cinematographer, Johnny Durango. The Mel Gibson holiday thriller Fat Man is now available to watch on various streaming platforms, so please go check that out. Also, you can follow us at Movie Karma, that is M-O-V-I Karma, at Instagram and wherever else you use social media. So we hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, stay tuned. Rewriting Hollywood was created by Movie Karma and hosted by Jared Milrad. It was produced by Lydia Orndane and Jermaine Dyson, and our theme music was created by Gerardo Garcia Jr. and Isabel Aikman. Learn more about Movie Karma at moviekarma.org.